Hi, everyone. Welcome to Mama Wears Athleisure. I am your host, Mariella de Santiago, a first-time mom. We focus on all things mom with tips to help make life easier and more organized for all you mamas out there. Hi, everyone. Today, I'm here with Sarah and Rachel from Night and Day San Diego, and we are going to talk about nursing and helping to build that supply that we often talk about and stress about and think about it. <laughs> you name it. I'm Sarah. I founded the company in 2008. So 15 years ago, I started off as a birth doula and I became increasingly interested in postpartum care. I got trained as a postpartum doula, then became licensed as a midwife and then circled around and became an IBCLC last year. I'm Rachel. I'm a lactation consultant. I started off as a postpartum doula, and that really came from me being very jealous of my sister, who is a doula, just loving her work. I was working at a corporate office job at that time, and she just was so in love with her work, and I wasn't really drawn to birth for my lifestyle, but then I found out about postpartum care and I was hooked. So I did postpartum care for several years. And then with all the nursing questions I was being asked, I decided to become a lactation consultant. And now we have a little team as well. So we have a couple, six total. We have yeah. two postpartum doulas, a few lactation consultants on the team. And I'm the birth doula. Yep. And our lovely admin, Anna. <laughs> Since this is recording recorded, I will mention we're a twin, op- twin operated company. We're twin sisters. <laughs> That's awesome. So it's nice that you've been able to expand. First of all, I I don't know that I knew what doulas did before I had my son, but I definitely did not know what doulas did or that there was an option for postpartum until I had an episode. And that's so awesome. If we have another, I definitely would like to go that route (laughs) and have that support postpartum. It's so needed. And a postpartum doula can really help plug families into all different resources. Like if you're struggling with lactation care, they can help you find a lactation consultant. They, they really help ease that transition of bringing baby home. There's a lot of people prepare for birth, but they forget to prepare for postpartum. And postpartum is really the longest chunk of time that you're going to have. You know, the birth is relatively short, but the postpartum period can be so intense and such a, a big part of your experience. Yeah. And there's so much to it and it's different for everyone, right? Especially with like the hormones and how one day you're happy and the next you're not. And in just trying to like normalize like what is normal essentially, because you don't really know if it's your first baby. So with that, during what they call the fourth trimester, right? We're nursing or many, those of us that do choose to nurse or are able to, a, a big question tends to be anything related to building that milk supply. So with that, what are some things, what helps build that milk supply? Like how do we get it so that it stays consistent? Yeah, the most important thing is just emptying the breasts. So whether that's expressing milk through breastfeeding or pumping, when we empty the breast of the milk that's there, the body says, oh, we need to make more. So rather than focusing a whole lot on supplements and And those sort of things we really focus in on, okay, let's make sure that we're emptying the breast every two to three hours, making sure that the body is getting the memo that it needs to make more milk. And that could be really important for the first, especially two weeks postpartum Mm -hmm. when you have a sleepy baby, that's maybe not demanding a whole lot of food. We talk a lot about feeding on demand, but I 
think that it's forgotten to tell parents that some babies are too sleepy to really demand a whole lot of milk. So just making sure that you're waking them up every three hours or so in the early days is really great for just building up that supply. So if your baby is not eating, or let's say that they're full and they stop eating, can pumping help with that? Like if you want to, your goal is to empty the breast, should you go ahead and pump? Absolutely. So we usually hold off on introducing pumping for a couple of weeks if we have a baby that's nursing really well, because that baby is the pump and there's so much to do. There's cluster feeding and all these other things to, to worry about. But if we don't have a scenario where we have a baby breastfeeding well, for whatever reason, maybe the baby's in the NICU, or maybe they just don't nurse well, or maybe we have a baby that's nursing okay, but we need some help. That's where the pump can be really helpful to help us build up that supply. So it's definitely a great tool if needed. What are some things and factors that can impact or lower that supply? And I know that you mentioned with making sure that baby is woken up if they tend to be pretty sleepy so that they are nursing, but kind of, I am kind of thinking in the sense of like, for those moms that know that they're going to be returning to work and they want to be able to continue to nurse or pump, like how can they keep their supply up if work kind of tends to be a factor? possibly? Yeah. I mean, stress alone of going back to work can cause Mm -hmm. a dip. When I'm getting parents ready to go back to work, I often will say like, it's okay to see a little bit of a dip. The stress itself and the busy schedule can often cause a dip in supply with going back to work. But just making sure that you're familiar with your pump, that you have a really good pump, that you've talked to your employer about your plans to be able to express milk for your baby can make that transition a lot easier. And then on top of that, sometimes like just putting a little reminder on your phone to go off to remind you to eat and drink water and maybe another one to pump. It can be really helpful just for getting back to that really busy schedule, actually remembering to do those little things. I I think too, giving parents a reminder that a good supply does not mean having a freezer full of milk when you go back to work. A good supply means a growing baby and a day's worth of food when you're going back to work. So when we think about pumping and going back to work, we don't need to have days or weeks worth of a milk supply stashed away. We just need enough for a few feedings. I think Instagram and TikTok has made this like really unrealistic expectation of how much milk you should have before going back to work. So we have a lot of panicked parents are like, I don't have my freezer stash ready. And I'm like, it's okay. Each day you're going to pump hopefully for the next day. So just taking away that expectation of having a lot of surplus can make it a lot easier for families to make that transition. I think also on top of like TikTok being a a factor, there's just like, you know, that mom who has a freezer full of milk and (laughs) everyone's supply is a little different. And if that's you, like amazing, maybe, but if it's not you, if you feel like, oh, I always make just enough. Well, that's enough. Like that's enough. We don't need to have a whole bunch of surplus. You still have a good supply, even if you're, you know, feeding baby and not having a whole lot extra on top of that. Yeah, that's a very good point. I didn't go back to work, but I did have a lot like our garage (laughs) freezer had more than enough. And then at nine months, my son stopped taking a bottle. So I had to give away all (laughs) of this hard work, which is great. You know, I was able to give it away instead of just throwing it away or using it in a bath. But Mm -hmm. it was like, yeah, that's hours and hours and hours of (laughs) pumping. I think a lot of women describe pumping as being a little bit more work, 
than, than breastfeeding. So when you're, when you're pumping, and that's why we say not to introduce it too soon. If you want to pump and bottle feed, it's important to introduce it early in the baby's life, but at least for the first few weeks, just being able to breastfeed and not putting moms into an oversupply is also important. We want to focus on building a good supply, but also we don't want to shoot moms into overdrive and for them to need to pump in order to stay comfortable. Hi everyone. It's your host, Mariella. I wanted to thank you for listening and share some ways to show your continued support. You can rate and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, share the show with friends and family, buy me a coffee to help with the financial costs of running a podcast, follow me on Instagram at mamawearsathleisure, and finally, subscribe to my newsletter. Thank you for listening. And are there any sort of foods or maybe even habits that can help with either increasing or making sure that that supply remains, especially for any moms that are seeing a dip once they return to work? I I really don't recommend any sort of special food. Obviously, good nutrition overall is good for every part of our health, including a milk supply. But really just making sure that mom is eating enough food and drinking some water can be really great for keeping up that milk supply. We don't want to make a whole lot of rules around breastfeeding because I feel like it's already hard enough. But just remembering that breastfeeding is burning around 500 calories a day. (laughs) So just accounting for those lost calories can be really great for keeping up supply. We like to think of it like an orange theory workout or an hour spin class is burning around 500 calories. That's what breastfeeding is. So just making sure to eat enough, making simple snacks that are easy to just pop and go to keep those calories up. There are definitely some supplements that we can recommend. We just usually do it on an as-needed basis. Like if we do see a low supply, we can use Moringa. That's a really great, usually well-tolerated supplement for a lot of women, but expressing milk is really the best thing we can do. So we try to just keep it to the basics. And we very rarely tell women to cut out foods from their diet. We like them to eat their normal food that they normally enjoy and just really stress that like breastfeeding should be accessible with a variety of dietary plans and preferences. Such a valid point about how hard breastfeeding is and how time consuming it is, right? So it's, I don't think that we know or realize how much time you're actually putting into it until you're in it, especially with infants, because one, that's all they're eating. Two, you're sitting at a chair or wherever it is for 40 minutes or so. And (laughs) that's a lot of time. Or you're not able to move. Yeah, especially in the first few weeks, we tell families it would be easier to bottle feed in the first few weeks. Almost universally, it would be easier to bottle feed a baby in the first few weeks. But after that is when you start to see your return on investment because it does get typically easier to be able to breastfeed. But the first few weeks are really, they are a little bit slower with nursing. Their stomachs are smaller, so they need to take more frequent feedings. And then as you go down the the next few weeks and months, it does get to be a lot more efficient. They get to be more efficient and it becomes a less consuming task, but yeah, feeding babies is a a lot of work. Yeah. That's why when people ask about foods and supplements and all that kind of good stuff, I'm like, there's already so much to worry about. And I feel like so much guilt around like, Oh, should I be eating this thing or not eating this thing? I'm like, just eat your normal diet. Like just enjoy what you have available to you. So we just try to take that pressure off of moms in that aspect. Just feed your baby, feed yourself, and try to enjoy the postpartum period as much as possible. 
Well, and feeding baby doesn't get easier after they start eating solids. So it's just as time consuming, but now you're in the kitchen instead of on a chair. Yep. Yeah. Well, do you have any other tips, suggestions, or recommendations? Yeah, I, for me, one of our big recommendations is to get some information and support prenatally. So a lot of our families were meeting them during their pregnancy and then they have us in their back pocket and we could even visit them in the first few days when they get home, just to make sure that things are off to a great start because it's much easier to troubleshoot problems early than it is to resolve things later down the road. So things like making sure you have a good latch and that we're avoiding nipple pain are much easier if you get off to a good start. So I would say go to groups, meet, meet other moms who are breastfeeding, meet a lactation consultant, get tips and tricks and advice before you start. And that will make it a lot easier down the road. Yeah. I love encouraging families to go to a a breastfeeding group before they have their little one. That way they're actually able to see breastfeeding in real life. A lot of families are having to breastfeed without ever having seen anybody latch a baby. (laughs) So going to a free breastfeeding group or a low cost breastfeeding group before you actually deliver, I think is a really fun way to just get some breastfeeding education before you get started on your own journey. Thank you for all of that. And yeah, I think uh, we didn't go to any of them. I mean, I I feel like we were pretty fortunate in what we got at the hospital and he was pretty easy and didn't have any trouble latching. But even so, I wish I had had some sort of like education prior about how often you should pump, if you should pump, like if you don't pump because they're sleeping through the night, make sure you don't skip that pump because otherwise you're going to have clogged ducts, which are not fun. Yeah. Or yeah. even just to learn what that was. Like, I didn't know what a clogged duct was until I got one and I thought there was something wrong with me. Oh, poor thing. Yeah. yeah. Even when things are going well, a lactation consultant can go there and be like, oh yeah, that's going great. Okay. What do you want to tweak in your schedule? Like, is there anything that's, you know, driving you nuts or anything that you want to modify? We can often find a way to just make things a little bit easier for the family. That's the goal. Like make it as easy as possible. And every family is so unique. So some families, they want to exclusively breastfeed and never pump and bottle feed. Some families want to exclusively pump and bottle feed. Some want to mix in formula or donor milk or do other things. So it really is so nuanced. So I think that's why it's nice to have some professional support because they can sit down with you and make a plan that feels right for you because it's not one size fits all. Your journey is going to be unique and getting support to help you make life as easy as possible and make a plan that works for you is really important. Great. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking time to chat with us and share all your knowledge. Thanks so much for having us. Um, And I will have all of your info linked in the show notes. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was so nice to chat. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for our next episode. You can find us on Instagram for more updates and tips. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts and give us a review if you like us.